people. Welcome to the first Sunday of 2021 at Calvary. We're so glad that you've chosen today to invest in your spiritual health this year. I'm Noah. I'm the student pastor here, and and we're so excited today to be able to dive into a new series. It's called Healthy Living. And in this series, we're going to learn what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's going to be an amazing way for us to begin this new year learning what it looks like to live healthy Christian lives. Today, 1 Timothy 4.8 says this, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Paul said that, that physical training, it has some value, But ultimately, the thing that has most value in our lives is spiritual training. It's godliness. Why? Because when we invest in our body, whenever we invest in training ourselves, which is a good thing, it lasts us this life. But when we invest in spiritual things in our life, when we invest in godliness, we reap a reward that isn't just in this life, it's also in the next So we at Calvary want to prepare you. We don't want you to just worry about your health this year. And and I know some people are are really worried about health right now because it's January. You know what happens in January? New Year's resolutions. Gym memberships go go through the roof, right? You see people out out on the street running or biking, jogging, doing all those different things. Those are all very good things. But if we, in January, decide to focus on our physical health, but we don't take steps this year to work on our spiritual health, we might miss what God can do in our lives in 2021. And that is our prayer for you, that this year will be a year where you learn to live a healthy Christian life. With that today, we're talking about the first part of the verse, love the Lord your God. It follows with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But today, our life lesson is this. The beginning of a healthy life is true love for God. The beginning of a healthy life is true love for God. God has shown us his love in so many ways. I mean, we who who didn't deserve to have a relationship with him, God has adopted us into his family God has forgiven us of our sins. He showed us mercy and grace that that we did not deserve. He sent his own son to die on the cross for us because he loved us so much. And, And what we respond in turn with is love for him. See, God loves us. And then our response to that should be love for him and gratitude, one, for who he is but also for all that he has done for us. The beginning of a healthy life. If you want to live a healthy life in 2021 spiritually, it begins with your love for God. Notice that this series doesn't start with your heart, your soul, your mind, or your strength. It could have. It could have started with heart, soul, mind, strength. We could have talked about practical things, day one, that we can do this year to be healthy spiritually. But I think we need to start with the motivation For why we even touch this heart, soul, mind, and strength and try to grow in those areas. And the motivation is our love for God. Our love for God is the fuel and flame that enables us to live the Christian life. 
Our love for God is the fuel and flame that enables us to live the Christian life. I don't know about you, but over the last several weeks, I've watched several Christmas movies that I haven't seen since last year. I don't know what your favorite Christmas movie is. I'm going to name one that's not necessarily my favorite, but it is one that has memories for me. Um, The Polar Express. I didn't realize until this year that the Polar Express is 16 years old. That's, that's a long time. I didn't realize that. The Polar Express is one of those movies that my dad makes sure that we watch at least one time every year at Christmas. He goes through all these movies, and that's one that he makes sure that we watch every single year. And really, the plot of the Polar Express is they're taking this train to the North Pole. And the train has people on it who, who work on the train. The train has a conductor, and the train has all the passengers. But what you see over and over in the movie is this coal being put into the train, the coal fueling the train. The reality in the Polar Express, if everything was perfect, if they got the best train in the world designed specifically for this, if they have the best experts in the world to run the train, but there's no fuel, where does the train go? Nowhere. The train doesn't go anywhere without the fuel. And so they could have had the best plan. They could have made sure they were ready But if there's no fuel, if there's no fire, the train doesn't move anywhere. Our Christian lives are like that. And ultimately, when people think about New Year's resolutions, they're they're also like that. Did you know that in 2020, this is a stat I found, 2020, sorry, not 2020, 2012, so eight years ago, gym memberships from January, 80% of those people who started a gym membership in January did not have it five months later. Now, was anybody in here one of those people in 2012? Anybody? Mm-hmm. It, it shows that ultimately we, we have great plans, a, a plan to get healthy and to go to the gym every day for a year. We have great plans, but if our motivation isn't right, the best laid plans, they, they don't matter. Our motivation is our key for success. And so as we start thinking about what does it look like to love God, the motivation for why we work on our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. The motivation for living the Christian life is our love for God. And when you remove the love for God, that's a tough time in your Christian life. When you're going through the motions, when you're going to church, when you're singing, when you're reading your Bible, when you're doing things, but there's no love for God, it feels empty. Because how God has designed us It's so that our love for God, our passion for him, fuels the things that we do for him. Our love for God is the fuel and flame that enable us to live the Christian life. When we have the right motivation, it brings success in our life. And we we lack the right motivation, it, it often brings failure. I think that happens sometimes with the gym. We have the right plan, but we don't necessarily have the right motivation. Motivation keeps you going when challenges come your way. The right motivation, whenever you hit that wall, it helps you to go through the wall. It helps you to climb over the wall. But if you don't have the right motivation, when the going gets tough, what happens? We stop. And in the Christian life, challenges are a part of life. We go through tough stuff, and we know that from the year that we just left. Challenges come our way. And if our love for God is not fueling our relationship with him, We may hit that wall. We may hit that challenge. And if we don't have the right motivation, we might not go through it. That's not what we want for you. We at Calvary want you to have the right motivation. And that right motivation 
for the rest of our series, for learning about our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. It's all about our love for God. This verse that I keep referencing, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. It's mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and a similar one in John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke say it verbatim. And each time it's, it's Jesus being asked, hey, what is the greatest commandment? Now, if Jesus goes out and he tells us what the greatest commandment is, we probably should listen to it. So, so they ask, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? If you could tell me one thing that ultimately I need to do as a person, what do I need to do? And what does Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. But here's the interesting thing. That doesn't originate with Jesus. Jesus is actually quoting an Old Testament passage. And he's quoting that because the people that he's talking to would immediately know what verse he's talking about. He's talking about Deuteronomy chapter 6. Maybe the most important verses in the entire Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6. So if you have a Bible, I'd love for you to turn there. We're going to read verses 1 through 9 in Deuteronomy chapter 6. But Jesus quoted this verse because from the beginning, this isn't something new with Jesus, from the beginning... God's plan is for us to love him in this way. So let's do this. Let's stand together for those who are in the room and let's read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it. So that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God. To keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life. And that your days may be prolonged. O oh, Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it. That it may be well with you. And that you may multiply greatly just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you. In a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Let's pray together and ask God that he would inspire us to learn to love him more. God, thank you so much for all the love that you have shown us. Thank you for giving us your word to instruct us. And I pray today that you would inspire each of us to learn to love you more in 2021. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And you can be seated. So we see here this very important passage in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And what we're going to see in these verses is really three hows to love the Lord your God. I don't want to just say love the Lord your God. Today we're going to talk about how practically we can love the Lord our God from these verses. And so the first way that we love the Lord our God is supremely. We love the Lord our God 
supremely. Supremely means it's, it's over all. He's the number one. He gets the absolute first in our life. That's how God calls us to love him. Verse four says this, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. He begins that with hear. It's this command. This passage is called the great Shema. Shema means hear in Hebrew. And what this here really means is listen in, lean in. This is important. So as we read it, we know this is super important. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Israelites were going through this interesting phase in their history where they've just left Egypt where many gods were worshipped, all kinds of gods were worshipped in Egypt. And they're going into this promised land that God had promised to them that they would one day inhabit. And so they're going into this land, but again, all the people there, they worship many gods. All across, they worship many, many gods. And so Moses, as he starts here, he says, Here, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And it has a couple implications for us. First, God is the only God. And that's very important for us to know. God reigns supreme. He is the only God. And it was important for the Israelites as they were walking into new territory where they will be challenged and they will be tested, where their faith would be put up against other gods, that they begin with the reality that the Lord our God is one. But, but not only that, that God is the only God, but also that, that God is supreme above all others and all else. God is supreme above all others and all else. That there's nothing more important in this life than God. That was true back then when Moses was speaking these words. And that is important for us now. There's nothing more important to us than God and loving him. This was super important for the Israelites. And as the, they heard this, some of them listened and some of them didn't throughout their history. But what God wanted to start them off was, was knowing that God is one. Now for, for us today, we may say, we don't worship many gods. We, we, don't, we don't do that kind of thing. Well, the reality is the internet brings so many people close together. It's like it brings, it brings the world to you. Social media does exactly the same thing. And many people in our world, they worship different gods. Well, the reality is right here, it shows us that God is the only God and the only God worthy to be worshiped. We should remember that. That's one of the most important things about our faith, that he alone is worthy. And let's just talk for a moment. Why is he alone worthy? Well, for one, he created us. Doesn't that make him worthy? He, he created us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He loved us when we didn't deserve to be loved. But when we had our back turned to him, he chose to pursue us. That's deserving and worthy right there. He sent his only son. He sacrificed his only son so that we could have life. He is worthy. And get this, Jesus rose from the dead. He rose from the grave. He defeated hell. He defeated sin. Doesn't that make him worthy? That makes him worthy. He alone is worthy. But in our lives, so many times we're challenged and we're tempted to make so many other things more important to him. We, we look back on, on Bible times and we think, how could the Egyptians, how could they worship the sun? You know, how could they worship the moon? How could they worship all these created things? 
But I don't think we need to flatter ourselves sometimes. Sometimes we need to bring ourselves back to reality in that we, we sometimes get too focused in on created things, don't we? I work with middle schoolers and high schoolers, and one of the biggest things that we talk about, um, especially with our guys, is, is video games. And video games, I think, are fine. I think they're great. Um, but sometimes that can get in the way of a relationship with God. And so many of our students recognize ongoing that that's a war that they have to fight against a created thing that can take the place of God as importance in their life. What about our, our phones, our, our social media? I mean, what, what about anything, really? Think about anything in your life. God reigns supreme. Augustine was a, a really important person in church history, and he had this idea called ordering your loves. Ordering your loves. So it's the idea that it's not that we have to love God and hate everything else. That's not the idea. But we need to love everything appropriately. So you know what? There's a place to love God. And, and what is that place? Number one, no question. If we're ordering things, number one, that's God. There's a place to love our families. There, there's a place to love even silly things that, that we love, recreation, entertainment, things like that. But here's the thing. Everything has a place. And when we take something that is of least importance and we bring it up to first importance, our life gets out of whack. And we don't live out the life that God truly has for us. And for many of us, I'll say this. I don't think the problem is that we don't value God at all. I think pretty much everybody in this room would probably say, I value God in a relationship with him in my life. But it's about the order in which we value him in. Do we order God as absolute first? Does every decision that we make revolve around him? Do the things that we do, the way we use our time, the way we use our energy, the way we use our money, the things we do on the weekends, the things we do in our entire life, do they revolve around him? Colossians says this, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything, that says everything, he might have supremacy. And sometimes in our life, I think we struggle with that everything. We value God, but we might not value him more than everything. The challenge this year, if you want to begin to love the Lord your God, it starts with recognizing here the Lord our God is one. He is alone, he is worthy, and there's nothing that can take his place in our lives. And that's a challenge for each one of us. So my question for you is, what is keeping you from loving God supremely? Do you have any, any things that you love that are maybe out of order this year, that maybe we can start off ordering more rightly? Because God deserves to be loved supremely. Not only do we see that God is loved supremely. We also see that we need to love God through actions. We need to love God through actions. The main way that we hear about love in our culture, in our society, through, through movies, through entertainment, through media, all this stuff is love is more an, of an emotional kind of thing, you know? It's something that you feel. It's something that makes you feel good inside. That's kind of what love is. And, and love is part of that um, emotional side. It absolutely is, but it's not only emotion. It's not only a feeling. Love, as described in the Bible, is, is also through action. 
And I think you know that pretty well, really in practicality. I think about um, with your spouse. If you say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But every time your spouse asks you to do something, you say, eh, no, I'm, I think I'm good. At some point, your spouse has the question, why do you keep saying that you love me and you never do anything that I ask you to do, right? Actions prove what we say. So if I say, I love you, how do I prove it? By what I do. And in our faith, we can say, I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God, all day and all long. We can sing about it. We can say it every single day as we wake up. But if we don't live for God, I think we're kidding ourselves because love isn't all about emotion. Love is about what we do. And what you say with your lips, it needs to be shown in your life the way that you live. Love is shown through action. And in verses one through three of Deuteronomy six, it says, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you. And so he starts off with commandments, statutes, judgments, rules. And we never read this and think love. We think we're being pulled in. We're being imprisoned a little bit by rules. But these commandments ultimately are a way that we show practically our love for God. That you might do them in the land where you're going to possess it. And this is cool. So that you and your son and your grandson, so that generationally you might fear the Lord your God to keep all the statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life. And it's this reality that as we live out our faith in front of others, it causes a, a generational chain reaction in which as we live our faith, not just talk about our faith, those that come after us see it. They don't have to hear it. They see it. And it causes them to follow God as well. If, if you want others to, to know God, one of the main ways that we as believers can do that is by showing it. It's by simply being obedient to what God has asked us to do. First John 3, 8 says this, Dear children, let us love not with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Now, words are important. Emotion is important. I'm not saying that at all, that, that love is only obedience, but obedience proves our emotions and what we say with our lips. Jesus really modeled this, didn't he? Jesus said a lot of things, but he backed them up. He said a lot of things, but then he went and he healed people. He spent time with people that no one else would. We look at the record of his life and Jesus said a lot. But what shows you that Jesus' words were true? What he did. When God says that he loved the world so much, how do we know that? Not just because he said it. He showed it by sending Jesus, John 3.16, that we all love. And so this year in 2021, if you want to love God and love him truly, one of the ways, yes, through emotion, yes, through feeling, but through your actions. What are your actions showing other people? Are they showing that you are obedient and that you love Jesus? And so that's a challenge for 2021. If you want to show other people that you love God, do it. Do what he says. Feelings, they come and go, don't they? You can feel one, day, one, one way one day, the next day is gone, right? But obedience to Jesus, we talked about earlier, 
Hey, physical training, it's, it's a good thing. It has some value. But when we train for godliness, it doesn't just help us in this life. It helps us in the next. And that's why this is important, that we learn to love the Lord our God. Obedience level, not emotions, is the true test of our love for God. So if that was tested for you today, not just your emotions, but your obedience level, could you say, yes, I love God with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength? What is it in 2021 that maybe you need to begin to be obedient in? Something that maybe you've been putting off for a little while? Something that you wanted to do at some point, but you haven't done? Maybe this year it's that you make an investment into the spiritual life of, of your kids or your spouse or your grandkids. Maybe this year it's reading God's word consistently for the first time. Maybe for this year it's serving. Maybe for this year it's getting involved in a community, in a group of people who are going to challenge you in your faith. Maybe for you this year it's giving. I, I don't know what it is for you. But remember, our obedience level, not our emotions, is our true test of whether we love God or not. And if we want to have healthy lives as believers, we need to learn how to love the Lord our God. Not only do we love God supremely, we love God through our actions, but also we love God in every aspect of our life. We love God in every aspect of our life. This last part of the passage is so good. It starts in verse number five. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Everything you have, love the Lord your God. And these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so we see in this section of the passage that what God wanted them to do was to talk about him when they were going to sleep, when they were waking up in the morning, when they were walking around, they, they were supposed to wear, and they did this, wear scriptures on their head. So they made a little device, like a little headband, that they would wear scriptures. They would write scriptures on the doorposts of their house. God wanted them in every single aspect of their life to love him. And that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? I, mean, I think today it's so easy to section off parts of my life. So easy to section off maybe school for you, maybe your job. This hour is your kind of church hour, and this is when you think about God, but, but that's not really how God wants us to live. God wants us to love him in every single aspect of our life. God wanted the Israelites to have these so well-placed in their life, so well-talked about that it was written on their hearts. That it's not something they had to come back to, but it's something that's part of the very fabric of who they were. And for you, that, that's what God wants for you, for love for him to be woven into the fabric of your very being, that there's no part of you that's not given over to him. There's no part of you in which his grace and his love and his mercy has not touched. That's what God wants for you in every aspect of your life. God is Father, Son, and Spirit. And that's really hard to, to really understand. But what I, what I glean from that, Father, Son, and Spirit, that unity is that God wants us to do that as well. God wants us to be unified. 
And he doesn't want our faith to be something that we just throw on Sundays. He doesn't want our faith to be something that we just watch for one hour a week. He wants our faith to be a living, active, breathing part of our life. As we're heading to soccer practice, we're talking about Jesus. As we eat lunch, God comes up. As we're in the car on a trip, we're talking about Jesus. Woven into the fabric of our entire life is Jesus. My wife is a really great baker, and she learned that really when she came down to New Orleans. It's made me gain a whole lot of weight. It's been, it's been a, a blessing and a curse, I'll say like that. So good. But here's the thing I know about baking. The ingredients can, can be good. Ingredients are a good thing. But until you combine all the ingredients, you don't have a cake. You know, you need eggs, you need flour. You, you need all these different things. And those ingredients on their own are good. But if you just go and bite into an egg... I'm just telling you, it's not going to taste like cake. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not. I haven't tried it out, but, you know, it's probably not going to taste like cake. All the ingredients come together in a great way to make something beautiful. And in our lives, when Jesus has lived out in each little part of our life, everything comes together as one. There's a genuineness to our soul that no matter what we're doing, we're living for Jesus. At my job, you know why I do my job? Because, because it helps me bring other people to Jesus. With my family, I'm living for Jesus. That every single part of our life, Jesus is woven into it. And I think this is also a call for us with families that, that the church is not something that's supposed to be. And I'll speak for Pastor Stephen as well. That, that we can't do everything needed to nurture your kids' spiritual well-being. It's something that's part of our entire life. And it's something that we all have a responsibility to do. And so I ask you, are you segmenting out your faith at all? Are, are there parts of your faith that, that, that maybe aren't seen when you're at work? Are there parts of your faith that maybe you don't talk about really with your family? This year in 2021, I can think of no greater thing to commit to than to love the Lord your God and do it and bring your whole family along. That, that your goal for 2020 spiritually is that maybe this year is the year with your spouse that, that you guys are really going to key into the faith together. That this year with your kids, this is going to be the year that you invest in their spiritual well-being. Not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays bringing them, but ultimately throughout your entire life. If we want to love God, we love him supremely he is the king. He is the one God. We love him through our actions. We can't just say that we love God. We have to show that we love God. And ultimately, we love God throughout the entire fabric of our life. Nothing held back. Nothing reserved. No space so far that God's grace cannot redeem it. Ultimately, today also, as we think about this and we really preview this entire series of what it means to live a healthy life. You, you may be sitting here today and maybe you, you have ever, haven't ever experienced that true love of God. And, and since this is a baseline, ultimately, you, you need to know that, that God's love for you, if you've never been saved, is meant for a response from you. God loved us so much, he sent Jesus to die for us. God loved us so much that he forgave us of our sin when we turned to him 
If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so know that maybe for you, the action step today, as you think about your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength, is that today needs to be the day that God's love fills your heart. Maybe today is finally the day where you say, God, I'm surrendering my life to you. Because that's ultimately the step that enables us to live the Christian life. Today we've seen at the beginning of a healthy life, it's love for God. And not just any love for God, love for God that loves him supremely more than anything else. Loves him through our actions and loves him through every single aspect of our life. That's my prayer for you this year. My prayer is that you would develop a love for God, that you would grow healthy habits in your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And so what what I want us to do is, I'm gonna ask you a few questions, and I want you to really just begin to think in your own mind and respond to God in this moment. So you can, you can close your eyes if you want. You don't have to. It's just a moment of reflection. I'm going to ask you three questions, and I want you to really think about these. First question is this. What is keeping me from loving God supremely? What is keeping me from loving God supremely? Do the, do the order of your loves in your life, do they match up? If that's something that this year you need to work on, man, talk to God. Ask him to help you to remove that. Ask him to help you love him supremely. Second question, from what faith steps am I hesitating? Can't just say we love God. We have to live it out. From what faith steps have I been hesitating? Maybe 2021 is the year for you to take the plunge. Maybe this is your moment to take a faith step. And then lastly, in what areas of my life am I segmenting God away? So there's no part of our life that God's grace and his mercy cannot redeem and move in. And my prayer for each of us in 2021 is that we as a church would commit to love the Lord our God and to bring along others with us, our family, our friends, our neighbors, the people around us. So that's my prayer for you. I wanna pray over you. God, thank you so much that you give us these reminders of how worthy you are, of how good you are, of how deserving of our love you are. God, we ask that this year as we we begin to think about what it looks like to live a healthy Christian life, that above all, God, you would help us to love you more than anything else. And that this year will be a year to remember, not just because we, we completed some kind of goal, but ultimately because next year we love you more and we've brought along others with us. We do love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for beginning this year investing in your spiritual health. And I hope that you'll continue to join us each Sunday online or in person as we continue to look at 
And Pastor Michael continues to look at what it looks like in our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength to truly follow after God. I wanna say thank you so much for, for all you do faithfully to give so that we can impact people, not just in New Orleans, but also all around the world. I wanna thank you for that and thank you as you continue to do that. I'm praying that you have a blessed week, a blessed beginning to a new year, and we will see you next week.